Oh, it's a gentle journey Worthy of the weight Like the wild goose flying With its own Is it this or is it that? This. <coughs> la, 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 la. And we are recording. Gordon Dundas, welcome to episode 8. And absolutely good to be here for episode 8. This is our 36th episode, is it, or something like that? Oh yes. Unbelievable, unbelievable. 36 episodes, 67 countries, Gordon. It's a juggernaut. Uh, absolutely. And we have a very special guest, let's be let's be honest. We've got the big boss uh, on, on Whiskey Unscripted. I'm only five foot eight. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard, how are you? I'm very well indeed. Um, yeah. And overnight news, some very interesting overnight news. Top uh, 200 uh, best one to one to watch, is that right? Yeah, we did. I don't know if it's a clerical error or what, but <laughs> um, there was a, a competition, well, competition. Uh, Sunday, the Sunday Times do a thing on the top 200 growing companies, uh, and we won an award for not being one of them, actually. <laughs> <It> was, uh, <laughs> there was a, a, a sector for ones to watch, uh, and um, we... I've always been called one to watch. Yeah. For my maths teacher. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, very good. It's really great. And actually, it's an accolade for the team because um, our exports have been growing over the last few years with Edinburgh Gin and with uh, uh, our whiskies, Glengoy yeah. and Hamdu. So to get an accolade like that, um, it just shows that as a team, we're doing a really good job. You're yeah, doing yeah. a really good I job. Myself and Gordon usually end up in the red tops. You know, it's nice to get you in a broadsheet there. That's 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 wonderful. Yeah. Would you ever have thought that would have been the case 20, 30 years ago? Sunday Times one to watch? No, I didn't. No, I really didn't. And actually, to grow your exports, you need to be in the gambling business or, or um, service industry. It's quite difficult to grow. Or arms. Really quickly. Arms, uh, arms. You can grow your export if you sell arms. Go in, yeah, but it, you shouldn't uh, fire guns and drink. That's a, a, <laughs> that's a very good point. Make yeah. love, not war. That's, that's, that was what I said at the interview. Um, Leonard, uh, as is tradition uh, at this point in whiskey unscripted, before we get into any meat and drink of the show, we have to ask the immortal question: What are you drinking? What are we tasting? Uh, well, today, because you said uh, we sh I should bring a whiskey, um, I thought I would just drink the samples, really. Uh, <laughs> Quite right. What most people do in Ian McLeod. So I've got three samples here uh, oh. drawn from single casks. And, uh, Fabulous. As you can see, I've, I've, I've drunk some of that. But look at the colour of these. And that yes. one. Look at that. Beautiful, Look at that. beautiful. Starker. Much darker. Probably a sherry there, I would imagine, a bourbon in the middle, I would guess. And uh, I would like say, that. yes. Oh, how can and at you this do point, that? if you're listening on Podbean, or you're listening on the earphones, we have a YouTube channel. Go to the YouTube channel and you will visually see what Leonard's holding up. Sorry, Leonard, carry on. Oh, sorry. So there's uh, First Bill Sherry, but... From 1991, that's what oh, that is. Look at the and I have to say, Beautiful. it was absolutely delicious. So what happened, actually, is my aged father, who's 94, uh, he came here for Sunday lunch one day, and I had these samples, and he, he drank that. He drank that. Nice. Yes. Absolutely. That's a secret of old age, drinking I know, but that's not the one he chose. <laughs> you got to be sure, though. The one he chose is, is empty. Uh, oh, right. And so, yeah, all three of us, uh, my father, uh, my son and I, all thought that uh, one of the casks was just exceptional. And uh, ladies and, and gentlemen, you'll hear more oh. about this in the coming months. Oh, yeah. unanimous vote. You know, it's the first time the three of us have ever really agreed on anything. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, we're going to bottle it, I think. Yep, that's this very exciting. Part. Very exciting. Well, good. I'm drinking, and speaking of your father, I'm drinking Legacy Chapter 2, uh, which is a celebration of, of the Russell yeah. family and obviously, uh, you know, um, the, the sort of uh, where we are now at Glengoyne compared to when it was taken over in 2003, which we will touch upon. Yep. Um, so I'm drinking this beautiful bourbon forward, which is pretty rare for Glengoyne. And I'm and, holding uh, up a... Tamdu 12, because I hope we are recording the weekends of the Speyside Festival. So I thought we'll yes. hopefully talk about 
the Tamdu distillery as well, but I'm having a Tamdu 12, 43 ABV, wonderfully smooth. And, uh, I, I don't drink that, and I'll tell you why, because when uh, it's too Moorish. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, well, see, this, you're right. We'll see how this uh, podcast goes. <laughs> slange of our slange, slange Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Yes. Mm. Well. Oh, yes. There we go. 52% alcohol. Uh. Very Moorish. Absolutely. Very Leonard, what did you start? I've got stuff to do later today. Am I going to have to go to bed after this? <laughs> no, you can just have a little sip. It's, 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 uh... <laughs> have we not told you, Leonard, that every time we do Whiskey Unscripted, we take the rest of the day off? Have we not told okay. you that? <laughs> no, I, I do like that. Yeah, beautiful. It's, it's it sounds sweet, gorgeous. Sweet toffee um, nose to it. Nice. Yeah. It's beautiful, actually. It is, uh, Good. Uh, Mm. Really nice. I've got some. I just thought we'd like to get to know Leonard, and I thought it'd be quite interesting to get to know the company before we moved off into the podcast. We're cognizant of the fact that people might not know um, yourself, Leonard, or the company. Now, you're called Leonard Russell, but the company's called Ian McLeod. Just yeah. even in the broad brushstrokes, why is that the case? Because. Um... At one time, we had two companies. We had uh, Peter J. Russell and company that worked within the trade, um, buying and selling whiskey within the trade as, as blenders and bottlers and whiskey brokers. Uh, and then for the bottle business, when we bought the Isle of Sky brand, it belonged to Ian McLeod and company. So um, it was Angus McLeod. And uh, yeah, I'm still friendly with his son, Neil, okay. uh, who I think went into Revolution Vodka Bars. Uh, anyway, that's why the company's called Ian McLeod. And also Russell's an English name. My ah. great-grandfather was English from Kent. Okay. Uh, and my grandfather moved to Scotland in his um, early 30s. Right. There we go. Uh, yeah. And so, and so, obviously started off, as you said, you know, 1933. Is that correct? The sort yeah, of... do, you know, do you know how we started? Yes. No, I'd love you to tell us. Uh, my uh, grandfather, who was uh, um, also called Leonard, he, um, he was born in Kent uh, and he worked for a bank and he wasn't happy in that. Um, and so he wanted to get another job. Um, and his aunt was Miss Harper, who owned Harper's Wine and Spirit Gazette. All right. Uh, and they were, um, a, they are a trade magazine, uh, and they were predominantly for the uh, wine shippers in in uh, England. Um, but Miss Harper said to my uh, grandfather, "Well, just you go up to Scotland and uh, sell some advertising space on the front of the magazine," uh, which is what he did. So he came up to Scotland, and he lived in Edinburgh, um, but mainly worked in Glasgow because in those days they were all uh, family companies: the Jewers, Tommy Jew the Jewers, and. Uh, um, Langs family companies. Yeah, Langs. Oh, there were many, very many. So Teachers. he um, he didn't have that much money, um, but he used to go first class on the train. There were three classes on the train, but he'd go first class uh, on the train because he would, in the morning, be sitting with um, with Mister Dewar or or Mister Stewart or whatever, and so he would either buy and sell whiskey by the time he got to Glasgow, and then he would come back home. <laughs> Anyway, he did very well, and I think um, in the early 30s, he made uh, £10,000 profit, which was a, a very large... He did very well. Uh, and we learned from him, uh, and we still stick to his rules of uh, dealing with people that you like uh, and leave, always leave a shilling for the other man uh -huh. uh, and uh, do a deal on a sh handshake and uh -huh. never, ever cheat anyone. And that's the way that the whiskey industry works. It is. And I think, I think, you know, when you think about all those times back in the 40s, 50s, when all that whiskey, as it still does, moves around the industry, there's a lot of trust. There's a lot of relationships. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, goodwill that is out there. And that's one of the secrets to this industry. Would you agree? Yes. Yes, certainly. And, and that goodwill still goes on today. We trade with most of the large, uh, larger whiskey uh, distillers. Uh, and do exchanges, and it's because we've built up mutual uh, trust, understanding, and, dare I say, friendship, which, of course, 
easily comes when you have one of these. Yes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Just at this point, again, for people that maybe not f as familiar with the industry as possible, could Leonard and Gordon explain whiskey brokering? What was it and why was it, why was it a thing in, back in the day? Well, because there were so many independent family companies, each with their own brands, but they didn't want each other to know what they were doing. And so if they were doing well, they needed more whiskey. If they weren't doing as well as they'd anticipated, they wanted to sell some. So my grandfather was a broker and he would buy and sell between them, but no one knew where it came from or where it was going to. Mm. Right. And, and he took a much smaller margin than the brokers do nowadays, I believe. Mm. And, 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 and I think the other thing that's fundamental is that, you know, even, even blends today from certain companies are not just using whiskey from their companies. They're using whiskey from other businesses, which is traded for, you know, the, this movement of whiskey is one of the successes of the Scotch whiskey industry, if yes. we're honest. Yes, um, yes. We, we collaborate. Yeah, exactly. As long as you make a good malt whiskey, people will want to exchange it with you. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and whereas you look at, let's look at Japan, for example, a much more modern industry, approaching 100 years actually um but there's no trading within japanese whiskey at all so no. you can't you know it, so, so that has historically meant if you if you they've obviously relied historically on scotch whiskey which has gone into japan but they're now tightening up that area as well from their perspective so i mean i think you know it just sort of shows you the the success of the collaborative approach of blends ultimately in scotch whiskey has has allowed this diversity of single malts to now appear yeah. i think would be fair yeah. that's great god i think we'll get into more of the meat and drink of the insider's guides later on in the show yeah, yeah. but just um as a overview of ian mcleod distillers you already already mentioned isle of sky and you're held up at glen goyne could you run through some of the brands that Ian McLeod have got under their wings? Ooh. Yeah, there are, there are a few, really. Yes. Um, well, of course, uh, Tamdu um, is, is uh, yes. great. Uh, Tamdu, oh, you, you want me to list them? Tamdu, Tamdu Glengoyne, uh, Rosebank, which we're rebuilding. So Rosebank is actually just a pile of bricks at the moment. <laughs> yeah. uh, pile of bricks and a few old casks. <laughs> there are a few outcasts. Um, but uh, no, there's some concrete on site now too, and they're getting on with uh, rebuilding Rosebank, and I'm pretty hopeful it will be ready quarter three next year. Exciting. Wow. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Tamdu, Glengoyne, uh, Rosebank. We've got a Smokehead, which is a single island malt um, with. Uh, um, We'll get into the story of that yeah, a little yes, bit later. The story of that. I'm sure you covered <laughs> that at one point. Where the hell did... What the hell was that, Gordon? That says Smokehead Skull. That he, yes, you made he, that yourself. <laughs> he wears that out walking the dog uh, round uh, Bear's Den. And, it's, a, it's a massive you two, Deep down, you two are quite disturbing, really. <laughs> That's a Smokehead. Is it disturbing or disturbed, the word to use? <laughs> but you've also got this, you've also got labels. I did a tasting last week of As We Get It as well. Yeah. As, we get it was, uh, As We Get It was done, uh, was a Scottish brand. I think it was Thompson's of Perth. Um, mm. it, in fact, I think it might have been the first independent bottling of, of uh, uh, whiskies. I think it was went on in the 60s. And um, yeah, we picked that business. Uh, up. We supplied it at one point and then we bought the brand uh, name for um, uh, a few years ago. And yeah. I went to a bar in Japan and um, uh, God, they're amazing, those whiskey oh, bars in amazing. Japan. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> uh, and and when, when um, talking to the, um, the barman, he had As We Get It and he was really proud of it. And the As We Get It Isla, he said, was one of his favorite whiskeys. Yeah, and I love that it too. That was 20 years old. He must just take a tiny sip out of it occasionally. Yeah, I mean, I think the latest release of As We Get It, Isla, was 65% alcohol in a refilled okay. bourbon cask. I mean, it is genuinely As We Get It. It's beautiful stuff if you like that yes. kind of whiskey. It does what it says on the label, it, doesn't it? It, really? it absolutely does what it says in the tin, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's somewhat basic marketing. Yeah, no, We've absolutely. We've got better since, but um, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, uh, uh, blends. We don't talk about blends in the industry that much. Uh, and I'm a, 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 I, I think 
blends need a lot more uh, love and attention. Couldn't uh, agree and more. That, um, and we we can create some amazing blends because we've got um, some uh, old grain whiskey and old malt whiskey. So I, I like the idea of of doing more on the old blend. We can do 18, 21, 25 year old blend, mm -hmm. uh, which I think we're going to do under the Isle of Sky label. Yeah. Yeah, that's an, uh, and that's a very. Isle of Sky, just for the avoidance of doubt, is a blend, yes. uh, and um, we bought it from from uh, uh, the McLeod family because they they were they left Sky, but it was um, blended for Sky using uh, local malts. You can guess which ones they might be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and yeah, it's it's um, it's in the same category as as Black Bottle, and I think there was Bell's Islander as well. Um, so Isle of Skye, although it's not a particularly big brand, it, mm. it does seem to be a whisk whiskey drinker's whiskey because it, it's a little bit peaty. Um, yeah, it's it, I, I love it. It's a great whiskey. I, I like it too. Yeah. Yeah, and I know it's a and I, it's amazing how many times I go around the world and talk to it, and people mention Isle of Skye, and it's a well-known blend. And uh... well, it's always been eight years old. It was always an Isle of Skye eight years old, and then Bells um, were having a difficult time, and they changed to eight years old in the UK. Yeah, uh, and then dropped it again. But we're still there, steadfastly selling the same stuff, uh, albeit in not vast quantities. Yeah, uh, um, that's fine. That's fine. And there's a whole load of other brands like, you know, Six Isles. Um, yeah, I love that brand as well. Um, and then there's, you know, King Robert, which I think, you know, we mentioned King Robert on here a few times. King Robert is a big, big brand, isn't it? Yes. Do you want to, do you want, would you like to know the King Robert story? Why I think it's so great and why it does so yeah, well? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, King Robert is a, a good value um, blend. Yeah. But as we know, um, malt whiskey matures more slowly than grain. So yeah. grain whiskey is, is uh, good to drink at three and four years old. But I, I find malt whiskey at, at three or four years old still to be a bit young, a bit fruity. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I shouldn't really announce this. But um, yeah, Gl uh, King Robert uses older single malts is, yeah. is the secret behind it. Not such a huge percentage. But um, and it won it, it's won awards, which is uh, um, mm. embarrassing, really, because it's a, to to beat the better known international brands with something that yeah. is considered you know, value. It, it's a more export. Do we do? I don't particularly know it in this country, Leonard. No, it um, it, it sells um, a bit more than a, a half a million cases spread around the world, but not not much in Europe. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's big in in the Gulf, in the UAE, yeah. Bahrain, Qatar, Oman. Uh, it's big in Mauritius. I used to look after that market. Big in Mauritius, and I believe probably needs a bit of ambassadorial work in <laughs> Mauritius. I would imagine. Yeah. I've got my hand on this. Right in the corner. I think I think I think you're on that list already, Gordon. Because there are a lot of people on it. And, uh, I don't know if you like to tell us, but just to place IMD within the grander scheme of Scotch whisky, how many bottles of spirit are we selling, or could you place the company so other people listening could work out roughly where we are in we're the grand scheme of things? We're a modest, we're a modest, small to medium sized enterprise. That's what we are. Um, I think about uh, about five years ago, we um, we stopped being a rounding error and became one percent of the industry. And I think that we're now pushing two percent, uh, really. Of, and of that, in an industry dominated by four or five big big players, is 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 significant. Yeah, we have got bigger, uh, but I, I'm yes, we have got bigger, and uh, I find that. Um, disturbing actually because I, I'm determined that we retain the family independent um, entrepreneurial way that we work really Absolutely. I, don't, I don't want to become too corporate that's great that's just something I wish a little flavor of Ian McLeod and just on that point about being family I think it might be I've got a couple of questions for yourself Leonard coming up 
In the Whiskey Unscripted podcast, Series 3, Episode 8, we will be doing some quotes from Leonard Russell of the past and asking him, will he stand by them or stand them down? Oh. You, Dolly Parton, stand by your quote. That's yeah. coming up later on, but as a little flavour... I, I, I can see what's happening now. You're cornering me. I can <laughs> no, no, premeditate it. This is bullying. Premeditated <laughs> bullying. That's what no, no, no. Listen, this is Glasgow Herald 2006. Um, you, is this true or false? We're reading the Da Vinci Code in 2006. You mentioned that in an article. Did you finish it? No, I didn't. I left the book on a plane. <laughs> I, do you know, I, I did. I, I got to um, about 20 pages left and I, I left it on the plane. Oh. Uh, yeah. So oh. I, um, I, I then got a, a spare copy, but I still haven't finished it. Don't ruin it. That's good. So that's true. So they all die also, in the end, do they? It's said in this interview, and this is just to tease what's coming up later on, that your best moment in business was on April the 18th, 2006. Can you remember what you said your best moment in business was? The hint is three years after you purchased something. Oh, well, there you go. Then that, 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 that was a quite a good hint. So, uh, <laughs> that would almost certainly be buying uh, Glengoyne Distillery yeah. from Edrington. Tasting, and that was tasting your first Glengoyne made under the IMD regime. Oh, that's true. Yes, but it would only have been three years old. Yeah, they, yeah. they made very good uh, whiskey at Glengoyne before we um, uh, 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 took them over. And in fact, they've just—it's the same people. They're yeah, just a lot is. older now. Really. Yeah, yeah. My my question would be: Have you had a better business moment? Has something come along that has maybe eclipsed? Um, well, no, because I'm proud of that. But the the Rosebank. Um, yeah. Yeah. Reviving Rosebank is, is uh, pretty cool, actually. We were extremely lucky to be able to, to, to manoeuvre into being doing that because the brand, the Rosebank brand name was owned by Diageo, but the um, site was owned by Scottish Canals, formerly the British Waterways Board. So mm -hmm. we had a, a, um, a few deals to do mm -hmm. to get that to come together, but it did, and I couldn't be happier about that. I would imagine the day that came together, that was the moment when you realised T's had been crossed and dots had been put in. Yeah, That's it. Right. To be honest, every day is great. To wake up alive is pretty great, actually. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd give you that. And amazing the transformation, as you say, from that purchase of Glengoyne in 2003 to 2017 with Rosebank. And you were, you know, if we take in that other gin distillery that I know this is whiskey unscripted, but gin, <laughs> Edinburgh gin, that was, that was, that, Rosebank is effectively your fourth distillery now. Yeah. Crikey. It's a, it's a heck of a, heck of a change in, in under 20 years. It is. In what the hell have we years? taken on? We've taken <laughs> on a lot, haven't we? But um, it, it's been driven by the, the, the people that we've uh, taken on. The, the team that we've got, I think, couldn't be beaten, um, really. Weird, strange variety of people. <laughs> you've, seen, you've seen Disney's Ice Age, the movie. It's like, that's what I, I feel. <laughs> that, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. People, people are very important. I'm Just sure. to finish off, Leonard, and that, that was your best. I've got your worst moment here from that same article. Oh. Is this true? Your worst moment was opening a 50-year-old cask of whiskey to find it had completely evaporated. Who could have sold it for 2,000 a bottle? Is that true? That was a bad day, wasn't it? But that, that <laughs> happened. It does happen. It does happen. It does happen. Yeah, it, it does happen. Absolutely. You get, get leakers. Yeah, no, you do. Um, it, it's a real, uh, you know, you, we, we all sort of sit there and think, uh, you know, we don't, we still don't know what really ultimately goes on in a cask, but ultimately you open up a 50-year-old cask and there's nothing in it. You're like, oh, oh, oh. There was still a, there was still a bit of a smell, which actually added insult to industry. <laughs> injury, not industry. Insult to injury, yeah. Very, very good. Well, that's, that's amazing. Uh, Gordon, this is the part we ask you, uh, news, and I've, Really think there's only one game in town really this weekend of the, 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 the end of April 2021. 20, yes, yeah, so obviously Spirit of Speyside Whiskey Festival, we would normally all be up there uh, as of probably today, welcoming guests at 
Tamdu, unfortunately, uh, just with it's just come a little too soon uh, for people. So um, we it kicks off virtually um, this weekend, um, and we're doing a virtual tour of Tamdu. We're doing which is actually on uh, Thursday, so hopefully this comes out today, as it were. Um, um, and we're also then tomorrow night we're launching our new Dalby Alley and single cask, which are whiskies that have just been so popular, and uh, we're excited about that. So me and Sandy will be doing that, and then there's a whole load of other great things going on from other distilleries as well. But it's great that there's a there's a virtual offering, and I think if you're interested in your whiskey, you can buy a sort of ticket, general admission ticket, gets you to everything, and uh, it would be good uh, good to to to. Sup- Oops, excuse me, support it. So that is the main thing in town uh, this weekend. And they've, any- done a, they've done an exceptionally good job, that Speyside Whiskey Festival, really. And the way they've grown over the last few years. They is, have. And, and to be able to pivot it into a, into a virtual thing is deeply impressive. I mean, it the is. way technology has moved on for all of us is, is impressive. It but. is. And, it, you know, I think it will be a great uh, three or four days. And... Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I think with Speyside Whiskey Festival, there's obviously Isla as well. Isla Whiskey Festival is uh, is at the end of May, and I think they're doing more as well. It's great that, you know, it's great that there is more uh, opportunity for people with what's going on to, to still enjoy whiskies, buy tasting packs, all these sorts of things. And yeah. certainly... Suppose, sorry, Gordon, I was just saying, you can't, we can't, I've got Leonard in the room here who purchased a, a, a space-side distillery. Um, could you take, t- take us through your thought processes of taking on a, a, a space-side distillery? It was not opened. It was mothballed. Um, it had only been mothballed for a year, actually. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, uh, Tamdu was an unsung gem, really, um, uh, within the Edrington portfolio. But they have other priorities. Macallan, famous grouse, Highland Park... Um, and it's quite a big distillery, Tamdu, but um, we were unsure about it. But the stocks that they had were fabulous. Mm. Um, and they had, they'd been uh, putting uh, Tamdu into uh, the same cast as Macallan, the same sherry cast. So there was this um, parcel of, of uh, sherry matured malt. Uh, every year up to eight years old, and it was just fabulous. And so we thought, well, we'll use the Tamdu in other wood types in in blends, um, uh, and this rich vein of of sherry matured uh, Tamdu is our future. So Tamdu is now, I I believe, the only single malt which is uh, only ever matured in sherry casks. And when I say matured, I mean matured, not finished. I get People come out with sherry edition molds, and they haven't been matured in sherry, have they? No, a lot of them. Are, no, I agree, and 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 I think you know the, the sherry finish is a very different style of whiskey, um, and uh, when you fully mature, you see a very different type of whiskey. And to do that with Tamdu, um, as you say, it, for me, what I love about it is a commitment to a particular style, uh, and that's really really crucial. And I know that's yeah. something that you were very passionate about, Leonard. I'm very passionate about that. That's a great, strong commitment. So Tamdu will is the only malt that's only ever matured in sherry casks, and uh, let's hope we can. We will always be like that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And where we lead, others follow. Gordon, we absolutely. Might be, we might only be a rounding er- error in the industry, but uh, <laughs> doing the right thing. If you're one to watch, means people are watching you, and they will <laughs> probably follow. Speaking of following. Um, this will go maybe too late because Sandy is taking a virtual tour of the distillery on the opening day of the Speyside Festival 2021. My question to both of you is if you could remote control Sandy, which I suppose you'd like to try and do. You can't. You can't. You can't control Sandy in any way. Where would you stop him? Which part of Tamdu would you stop him and say, pause, I want to have a look inside or out? Each one of them. Uh, in the warehouses. In the warehouses. Well, uh, that's the best place at Tamdu, is in the warehouses. The smell uh, uh, oh, is just superb, really. Special. And I mean, you know, the other thing that maybe people aren't aware, obviously with the limitations on space at Glengoyne, 
you know, Tamdu ha- is a big, big sort of site now with new warehouses and cooperages and, and uh, you know, new filling stores and all these types of things, which has made Tamdu a real sort of industrial centre for Ian McLeod, hasn't it? In terms yes, of, it has. Yeah, yeah. In terms it's of what we're... Great distillery. Great right. distillery with a great distillery manager and great um, people working there. Yeah. Cheers to Tamdu. And they obviously know what they're doing because it's it's delicious. It oh, it's delicious. The, the trail is very good. Well, just as, as we're having a drink, gents, I hope you don't mind a little diversion, a little break, because it's not the only story in town. I've uncovered news, uh, a connection, I believe, between the Scotch whisky industry and the recent Oscars. Now, I was hoping you would maybe help me out in this one. This is world-exclusive stuff, um, and I think there's been secret payments made. Um, yeah. So... Leonard and Gordon, could you connect? Can I just say before you go any further, it's lovely to be nominated. (laughs) I'd like to thank my family and my family's family and my neighbour's dog. But could you, is this a connection? Could you connect the best picture Oscar? Okay, start thinking. The best picture Oscar to a whiskey drink matured in Scotland, then blended by Richard Patterson from 25 single malts and six green whiskies before being sent to Hereth to be finished in PX casks by the Gonzalez Bias team under the guidance of the master distiller Antonio Flores. What is the connection between the best picture Oscar and that whiskey? Leonard? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There, um, I think the answer is there was a whiskey a few years. I think it's still Nomad. Correct answer. Oh. And the best picture Oscar went to Nomadland, Francis McDormand. Uh, yeah. Nomad. Have you ever tried it? I have tried it, and I'll tell oh. you how I, that was. I was living in Taipei, and we'll come on to Taipei in Taiwan because I know it's a part of the world close to Leonard's heart, and also Leonard's son, Tom, is currently out there. I was speaking to him the other day. But I was living in Taipei in 2014, and um, I, a lot of the guys came out, and they were doing a launch of this whiskey in, in, in Taipei, so I, uh, I did try it out there. Oh. Yes, yeah, oh. it's not particularly my style of whiskey, but... Uh, it was very pleasant. And Leonard Richard Patterson, are you familiar? I know you know <laughs> yes, Mr. I Patterson. do know him very well, yes, of course I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so Richard, good. how long has he been in the industry? 55 years? <laughs> he's been, yes, and he's, he's had 23 different uh, uh, managing directors. <laughs> <laughs> like a football manager. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the so, nose, Mr. Patterson. Um, he's, gents, unstoppable. So, he's unstoppable. He's unstoppable. I did once see him without a silk tie on. No way. I've yeah. never seen that. I saw him, yeah, without a silk tie, and he didn't have a, a, a cravat either. A either or cravat. No. Oh my God. I've yeah. never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you get a photo? No, I didn't even allow photos. So the connection continues. Um, so I think the secret money being paid because if the Oscar for Best Documentary Film is on Netflix involved an eight-legged cephalopod and you can connect that to a famous blended whiskey dating to 1830 who built Ardmore Distillery and are now owned by Sun Tory Holdings. You've done far too much research, Gordon. Eight-legged cephalopod that lives in the ocean. My, oh, well, um, all I would say is my no- teachers, um, <clears throat> teachers, teachers. So I'll tell you the story about Ardmore Distillery. Yeah, and the Ardmore quick answer is that my octopus teachers. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> oh right, yeah, okay. So Ardmore Dist—it's a little bit tenuous, but we'll go with it. Ardmore Distillery um, was named after, actually, it's up in the Highlands, but it was named after, I've said this before on here, named after a peninsula of land very near where I'm from, which is Helensborough, because the teacher family had a holiday house on that peninsula. And it's called Ardmore Point, which is just, there you go. That's Yes, and I think Richard Patterson, his family, Helensborough as well. Oh, are they? Yes, I've read his book, The Nose. Oh. And I'm waiting for yours, Leonard, as well. I'll read that. Uh, so we have the 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 couple what more questions. Like mine. They are. Oh, there's a... <laughs> no. There's like there's like there's. A, I'm reworking that one. Um, I don't know if you're into animated movies from Pixar, but the Oscar for the best animated movie from Pixar is obviously being funded by Pernod Ricard because they brought out a non-alcoholic spirit drink in 2019. Right. Um, 
and, and non-alcoholic spirit drink. Yeah. Brown Spirit Drink 2019, Pernod Ricard launched it under the, created by Craig Hutchinson, founder of, uh, and the director of General Alternative called Cedars. Um, um, and, oh, I don't know. Uh, Nemo? Right. <laughs> Nearly. The Oscar went to Seoul, and the is called Gothic Soul. Oh, and right. I just wanted to ask uh, Leonard and yourself, Gordon, um, let me just see, Neil Nielsen said that the low and no alcohol category Two years ago, it was worth £107 million, 24.2% rise in a year of non-alcoholic spirit consumption. Yeah. What's, what's your thoughts there, um, Leonard, in that sector of the market? Um, well, I think that there, there is a, a room in the um, industry, in the category for um, adult soft drinks, because uh, drinking and driving is not acceptable. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that that market was maybe under underserviced. So um, I know that Seedlip have done quite well. It's not my thing. We as a company are not going to do it, do it really. Um, my personal view is I'd rather have a ginger beer really than um, yeah a herby water. But there's there's it's what? quite a thing. And the the no alcohol beers taste pretty good. That's on last night. Fifteen years ago, they were pretty ropey, but some of them now are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. some last night. I wanted to mean, remain sharp for today's um, culmination of my Oscar con connection uh, quiz, which finishes with this last one. It won Oscar for makeup and styling, and the lead actress was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Viola Davis portrayed the mother of the blues in a Netflix movie, Ma Rainey. Could you connect that movie to a Scotch blended whiskey bottled by Burn Stewart, created in 1879 by Charles David and Gordon Graham? And Leonard's okay. mentioned it already. Marini's Black Bottle. Is the correct answer. It's Very indisputable. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's three, three nil. It's uh, indisputable. It's, it's, it's a team effort, Leonard. It's a team. No, effort. it's indisputable that you two do know a lot more about Scotch whiskey than I do. Really. <laughs> so, well, Leonard, just... one of the things we've done is people love to get the inside track, and so we've done it from production through maturation through, all... but we've never done it from an overview of owning a distillery. Mm. So, as somebody now who's, you know, with your with, with from 2003 yes. to 2011 to 2016 with Edinburgh Gin to 2017 with Rosebank, you bought a distillery that was working. You bought a distillery that was mothballed and very well mothballed, and you bought a distillery that, to be honest, was just full of pigeon shit. Yes, for want of a better, well, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And and so, I'm intrigued as a as a, as a as a sort of you know company owner who's who's got had those sort of what are the challenges involved? What are the things that you think, right, we're buying a working distillery that's got a bit of a name. We need to we need to continue that on. We've got Tamdu, which has been mothballed. We want to change direction with that a little bit. And Rosebank has such a wonderful history and legacy. Mm. Great plan, isn't it? It is, absolutely. Well, you just, uh, opportunities present themselves. And if yeah. they seem like they're, of course, the secret to success is the, are the deals that you don't do, actually. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, Glengoyne was the right time because Single Malt was um, growing. Mm -hmm. uh, Tamdu was the right time because there was a shortage of stock and we needed additional distillation capacity and they had some great stocks. Yeah. Uh, and Rosebank is quite uh, obvious. It, it, it just needed to be done. Someone yeah. had to do it. Someone had to do it. Um, and I, I love that point you just said, it's the deals you don't do. That's a really, really interesting, because I mean, I think if you look at what's even happening in the, in the last year or so, there's a lot more, I think that, do you see there being a bit more consolidation going on now with all these new distilleries? And do you think there'll be a bit more of that going on, a bit more? I, I don't know what's going to happen with the new distilleries. Some of them have got some very good plans. Yeah. Um, and we, we've, um, we're a helpful industry, so, yeah, we. I tried to talk several people out of it because if you can't talk them out of it, that just goes to show that they're determined to do it. And without extreme determination, these things uh, are difficult. I mean, there there are considerable hurdles in the way to build or reopen a distillery. 
SEPA, um, many, many uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, it, but I, I was unsuccessful in talking uh, Bill Weems out of out of Kings Barnes, uh, Adelphi out of uh, Ardner Merchen, um, and who else did I? Uh, I tried to talk um, the Lindors. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Mackenzie Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't manage, and and so they did it, and that was good. I mean, because the, there's a big commitment to make, and of course, the whole problem is you build a distillery. There's no cash flow. You can't sell anything until it's it's um, single malt, which is three years old. And I don't think it's a good idea to launch your whiskey at three years old because it's still quite young. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when it comes to Rosebank, when do you think, at what age do you think we should be, the new Rosebank should be before we uh, start bottling it? When it's fabulous. Exactly. Exactly. Now, damn. That's exactly what I was going to say. I thought you were going to say eight <laughs> years old, and I was going to say no when it's fabulous. But yeah, probably it's around eight eight years yeah, old. Probably, I'm not yeah. Sure. yeah, probably. So I mean, yeah, we don't. We're not going to have a new Rosebank whiskey for let's say nine and a half, ten years. So probably. you know, that's the that's that, and and that's the thing you forget, and that's the bit that's really in, in, intriguing from a perspective of a business. It's a unique business model owning distilleries in terms of investment it's return. It's very, very long term. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Unlike any other business, really. Yeah. And with this, with this insider's guide, we've spoke to Sean the Cooper at Tamdu. We've spoke to Sandy, a manager at Tamdu as well, and Katie Muggeridge from that brand management. So I've always asked them, is there a typical day? I'm guessing there isn't, Leonard, but have you got a typical day out with this whole pandemic for being a managing director of a company like this? No, no, there's no typical day. That's why I love my job so much. Mm. I have to speak to the same people over and over. Yeah, and, the, and 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 I think that's probably true of all of us. And I think you know there is no, but I think the last year has been a little bit more uh, different than a bit more samey, I guess, than 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 the years before. But uh, I, that's why I do what I do, Gordon. I'm sure it's why you do what you do. And I guess it's the diversity this industry offers, isn't it? It is. Yeah, there's a so much thing on. But Leonard doesn't get ticked off if he's late. That's another question. <laughs> Not now that I work from home. Well, I, I do now that I get now that I work from home. I get ticked off by my the rest of my family actually. um i also also um the best time to do tastings apparently is in the morning so when my wife comes downstairs and sees me with a row of whiskeys in front of me at quarter past nine she she yeah (laughs) to have a couple of conversations about that one and it it isn't good when you have to go back to bed at lunchtime because (laughs) (laughs) one one of the questions i would like it's a couple of that I would like to, it's the same type of question as you've mentioned about buying a distillery and you've mentioned a couple of owners of these other new distilleries so um, do you have is there an organisation of owners that are, are friendly with each other and you get together and have a, have a, have a, have a chat like there is an industry for brand managers, I know they get together, do you have such a body? Yeah. Yes, yes, we, we meet at um, their industry lunches uh, the North British Lunch, uh, the Scotch Whiskey Association, we all meet up um, uh, at their annual general meeting. There are um, lots of opportunities. Some people play golf, but, uh, um, uh, an industry golfing society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we meet up a lot. And um, As you alluded to earlier on, um, uh, distilleries exchange their um, new make spirit with each other in order to make blends. So uh, Glengoyne and Tamdu, for example, um, are both included in a couple of large international blends, not owned by us. Um, uh, so we we meet each other very often. And as an industry, I believe that the Scotch Whiskey Association is an extremely strong and successful trade body uh, who've done an excellent job at uh, clearing the way at, at getting uh, GI geographical uh, indicate. What is, does GI stand for? Getting Scotch whisky as uh, registered as a, a category and protecting uh, us as an industry from from counterfeits and mm-hmm. other monkey business. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, yeah. No, we do all know each other um, uh, well. 
And one question, I think, uh, it, it, you look at the depth and variety of this industry that we work in from a single malt perspective, as well as brands and blends and all that sort of thing. Who else do you admire? Who else do you think, I like what they're doing? I think they're great. I think, you know, is there anybody that you think, yeah, or any distillery that you think, oh, I wish I could own that? Or is there anything out there that you think, you think, oh, I'd love, you know, what is what's another ambition for you, Leonard, in this industry? You've bringing back Rosebank, you've, you're creating great brands. What else would you, what else would you like to achieve, if you know what I mean? Or would you like windsurfing? To- I'd love to be able to windsurf. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, of course we've got aspirations, but I, I, I don't really want to say what they are on no. in the public domain. But um, And we've got enough distilleries, and we've now got quite a lot of debt because we're rebuilding um, Rosebank. And that, the, the original budget for that has now tripled. Yeah. 24 million it's going to cost, so, um, I believe. Um, we're building the Edinburgh Gin Distillery right behind Waverley Station in Edinburgh. Um, in the arches, yeah. like the Mitchell Brothers. Yeah. Um, so there's plenty to do, and there's by the time going. by the time we've got any headroom to make more acquisitions, it'll be a few years. Um, yeah. No, absolutely. No, no, I totally get that. I just was meaning, you know, you've been in the industry so long, and 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 that uh, that brings me to, um, and you have to tell us a story. That wonderful story of of the. The brand that we have, but we obviously don't have the distillery, Smokehead. Yes. Uh, Smokehead is, you know, we, we've seen this. It's the fastest growing single malt in the UK. So it's a very, very strong brand for us and a very important brand. But That's it's not very old, one. is it? And the story is very unique about how this came about. Um, yeah. Uh, I went to the Isla, um, Isla Whiskey Festival <laughs> by boat. Actually, we bought Glengoyne, and Glengoyne is unpeated. It's it's um, the, the the barley uh, is heated with uh, warm air. So, um, a friend of my father's has a has a, a gin palace boat, and we went to Isla with uh, pirate flags. Um, and some of your friends came down and threw peat at us. I think. Anyway, we had we had a hell of a. It's all a bit. Um, it, it was a great party. Uh, and I was standing in a bar, and I, I didn't realise that Isla Whiskey has such an amazing following, uh, and that it was uh, young people and Scandinavians. And so, I started drinking with a motorbike gang um, of of Swedes, and one guy had um, had tattooed himself with all of the logos of the Isla distilleries. Had a big L for Lagavulin and uh, all over his legs, and I thought. I'm going to make a brand that he tattoos himself with. And uh, I hope, well, I hope he hasn't because we've changed the logo since. It's an amazing Yeah, because, um, and the idea behind Smokehead is, I mean, it is a very good whiskey, but we don't talk about um, all the things that that, uh, uh, whiskey connoisseurs would talk about. No. It, it does what it says on the tin. It's a genuine disruptor, and it's a genuine brand, which, you know, we're, we're happy to say we're from Isla, but that's it, really. You know, the other brands on Isla can talk about it to its heart content. We talk about, if you want to drink smoky whiskey, come and drink Smokehead, you know, and it's the yeah. attitude I like, which makes it very unique. Where, where did Smokehead come from? Um, Great name. I just... <laughs> And that is an epitome of a smokehead, the guy that, that was uh, in the biker gang standing beside you at the bar. But did the name just pop into your head or someone's head in the way back? Well, we were thinking these pe- people, these, these consumers really love smoke. So um, I thought, well, you oh. get co- you get coke heads and pot heads. So why not have smoke? Yes. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, Leonard, um, wow, it's been great to have you. That's an hour. That's an hour already. All so. right, okay. Can we just very quickly, a oh. tease at the beginning, stand by or stand down? Uh, cue Dolly Parton. Uh, are you standing by these or standing down? You said, no, keep going forward. Always keep going forward. We've been fairly opportunistic in our growth over the years, and now I think it would be decidedly dull to sit still. Are you standing by that quote or standing yeah. it down? 
No, I'm certainly standing by that one. Absolutely, I would be. That's fantastic. Brilliant. Here's another Leonard Russell quote. If we don't sell any 12-year-old whiskies this year, we can sell some 15 in three years' time. Actually, the lazier you are, the more <laughs> valuable you become. That's a quote. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it is true. I mean, yes. If In whiskey terms, it's true, yeah. Yeah, we don't try to, we don't, we, talk, we distill whiskey slowly, but um, slow is the word, not lazy, really. Yeah, and I, another one, here's, you've said it already, uh, stand by or stand down. I know I'm fortunate to be able to ponce around this industry, which is the best in the world because we are friendly to each other. I'm the luckiest person I know. Is that still the case, Leonard? Stand yeah, it is, actually. Yeah, it is, it is. Great, stand yeah. by, he's not standing down. And the last one in the standby or stand, and so far you've stood by them all. Uh, on the 8th of July, 2006, you said, and I quote, as for me, I am unemployable. If I sold the company, I would probably be exited. I don't just sit at home in the garden, even though I could probably afford an expensive gazebo. I love my job and I enjoy getting up in the morning. Is that still the case? Stand by or stand down? Stand down. I don't like getting up in the morning. And at the beginning of lockdown, I bought um, a hammock for 92 quid, but it's got a stand. And I've used that quite a bit, actually. Oh, good. Good. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't like getting up early in the morning, but I like working late at night. So that's fine. By all the quotes, apart from the morning. So, Leonard, that's been wonderful. I have gotten, don't know if you have anything to ask, but I'm going to recharge my glass and have a toast. And yeah, this no, is I, episode number what? 36, I think. 36. Yeah. So you've had 35 people you'd rather speak to than me, is it? No, 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 not, no. not at all. No, we, 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 we've had to, I mean, we've spent a lot of time having to, to get, to get your, your time in your diary. But, you uh, get people, uh, trying to get past Leonard's people. You'll you get people, people, and I, we couldn't get past them. <laughs> and 36 is an auspicious number in certain countries of the world. So that's why we're waiting. <laughs> Leonard, it's a pleasure, and thank you very much for inviting me on. No, I, look, I've really enjoyed this. And, we've um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for, thank you for, yeah, coming on. It's great, and people love this, love our little podcast. So thank I you. I love it. I love it too. And honestly, to get 36 episodes going and, and for people still to be interested in it is amazing. I'm yeah. absolutely flabbergasted, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Well done and carry on. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers thank you. Bye Cheers, Gordon. Slangevar, folks. Slangevar. 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 Oh, stand ahead on the whiskey trail.